Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. And this week I was drawn to some research which was commissioned by a company called Get Ground. I was drawn to it not because of the first stat. The first stat was that 50% of investment purchases last year went through a limited company, which is the highest on record, which isn't a surprise to any of us, I don't think, working in property. But what did catch my eye was the fact that it said that 76% of those surveyed said that limited company has allowed them to adjust to inflation. And I wanted to have a little chat with Simon about that on this podcast, but also it's become uber pertinent because Simon, you are actually considering this very thing at this very moment in time. And if you can just talk us through why that is. Well, yeah. So where am I going to go first? There's lots of things I wanted to pick out for what you just said. My situation right now, I have had an offer on a property accepted. Congratulations. Thank you. And that means that I need to actually now buy it. (laughs) So I am in the process of very rapidly deciding whether I'm going to buy this in my personal name or under a limited company. And you you said 50% of purchases being in a limited company isn't surprising for anyone. But actually, I find that a little bit surprising because I thought that it might be higher than that, especially seeing as in in the property world, these days, all you really hear about is buying properties in a limited company and how much better it is for tax and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm surprised that that more people haven't sort of chosen to take that route. And I wonder whether it's because they're not thinking about it or because they have thought about it and have actually worked out that they prefer not to buy in a limited company. And yeah, yeah, so I, I am a little bit surprised about that number. But in my considerations for choosing personal name or limited company, I can very honestly say I have not in the slightest bit considered inflation as a factor between the two. <laughs> I don't understand how that how that comes out in those stats. Did, did they give any more details on, on what they actually asked or how they arrived at this? Well, no, it's, it's a little bit generic, to be honest. And the only thing it says, and I've, I, I reread the article a couple of times just to see if I could pull out some clarity but it just talks about the financial benefits the administrative benefits and time saving benefits now again that's really generic and and it is basically an advert for get ground who who help you make limited companies for buying property (laughs) exactly exactly and it seems like a very good company but that is what they do and obviously you have to remember that you know Probably 99% of web traffic now is driven by blogs or things trying to attract your attention into a sales funnel, uh, which is perfectly acceptable. But I gave this some thought, and all I could think about in terms of inflation busting was the fact that through a limited company, you you can subtract the mortgage from your, your gross revenue. Other than that, I guess, in terms of admin and financial then I think things are largely the same. But as a limited company, I, I guess you've got to think about things a little bit more professionally than you might as a, as a single landlord. 
But then again, with the things that we've spoken about recently in making tax digital, et cetera, then you, you kind of got to do that whether you're a limited company or not. Yeah, exactly. The, the rules are the same, basically, between limited company rental of property and individual name-owned rental of property. You still have to abide by all the housing regulations and the, the AST contracts, which perhaps will be replaced. Yeah, the compliance information or the compliance requirements are the same for both. I think really the only difference in terms of how you run the business is on the accounting side, because in a limited company, the accounting is more complex and you will almost certainly have to have an accountant involved or at least be more clued up on the accounting side if you're going to be doing it yourself. And if anything, I think that counts against a limited company. Indeed, it is one of the factors that I am putting in the the negative column for a limited company, the fact that I will have to learn some slightly different accounting approaches and slightly different accounting rules and how things fit together there and have to pay an accountant. And I think talking about GetGround, one of the things they do is they they provide a, a monthly subscription, which includes some level of accounting support and provision. So that that might be a, a cheaper option than a, a standard accountant. But at the same time, I'm not sure that it's going to be very different in cost. It is definitely an extra cost. And the, I think the big question, and certainly the big question that I've been looking at, is how does that balance out against, as you say, the the extra interest, or sorry, the extra tax, because you can't count interest payments as an expense against tax if the property is owned in your own name. And I was, my, my wife is, uh, is an accountant. She doesn't work in property businesses, but she is an accountant. And I was asking her about sort of the, the tax elements of this in a limited company. And she pointed out that while we're looking at these different metrics and different characteristics right now, the government could just change it. In the same way as they did for properties owned in the personal name, they could tomorrow decide that actually we we think the private rental sector is is still a bit too big and, and we want more home ownership. So um so now limited companies can't claim mortgage interest uh, as an expense anymore. And there's there's nothing stopping that from happening. So I oh, I don't know. There there is more hassle, more effort more expense in a limited company i think do you feel that's fair i mean i haven't i haven't actually run properties in a limited company but you have Stuart. so yeah am i being fair i would say no because i think other than the initial stages of setting up a limited company and setting up the account now the difference is you 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 do all of your own accounts i don't so for me whether it's in a limited company or a personal company, the administrative burden is the same or similar. In fact, for me, the administrative burden is higher on my personal properties because I have to do spreadsheets for the income and expenses. On the limited company properties, we use software called Zero which is spoken about, I'm sure most people are aware of, which does all of that for me. I also have bookkeeping. So the bookkeeper does the bookkeeping 
and the accountant does the accountancy. And essentially, all of that flows through. So for me, presumably the, you're paying for that, though. Yep. But you're not for your personal ones because you're making the spreadsheet there. I'm making the spreadsheet, but I still pay the accountant. But to the point of more hassle and more difficult, for me, it, it's more hassle to do the personal properties. I spend more time. But, you know, there's that balance. And we've spoken about this probably a few times on, on this podcast. That is the difference. But for me personally, the limited company is is easier because the processes are all set up to do it for me. Whereas on the personal ones, they're not. Do you know roughly how much you pay your bookkeeper and your accountant to, to look after your, your limited company property accounts? Well, I bloody hope so, because I don't like frittering away. <laughs> I mean, the answer to that is yes. Okay, let me rephrase it. Are you willing to share it with me and the audience? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will say across the portfolio, and, and it's a little di- bit difficult for me this year because we've set up a little more of a complex structure. And without going into it, we've, we've kind of got a group structure or a holding company. And then within that company, I have two, two other companies. And the reason we've done that was because one company was making good, good money Another company wasn't making so much good money. And obviously, we wanted to be as, in inverted commas, tax efficient as possible. So we've got a bit of a structure. Uh, And unfortunately, with structure and advice comes cost. And so that's cost me a few quid. But typically, we would pay anywhere between £1,000 to £1,500 for a single limited company account. The bookkeeper would have typically cost around... £200 a month. I've currently reduced that by using Fiverr and employing someone from India at the moment to do it. But we are looking at someone local now. So I'm just, funnily enough, just reviewing all of that right now to reduce costs. And for me, that is purely driven by the fact that my value is better in the finding of the deals, working with investors and building property but that's you know i don't want to digress onto that but essentially that is why for me the limited company structure is just easier because the processes are all set up in place and i don't want to spend you know two days a year you know getting a box of receipts out okay so why don't you also employ a bookkeeper for your privately owned properties so that so you don't have to put that spreadsheet together because someone else puts together for you well, it, it just seems excessive for me when I've when in that personal properties. I mean, we had three properties. We've just recently sold one, so it's now down to two. And so there's limited activity on it. And, and in those properties, one is what you'd call a standard buy-to-let. So the tenants pay for all of the bills, etc. And all I need to log, which I do as soon as it comes up. So, for example, we've just put in a new oven. That was a cost of whatever the number was, you know, two hundred pounds. So I just quickly go into. A, I now do it instantly as soon as I get the invoice. I just put that two hundred pounds into a spreadsheet and I move on. And my other properties, all bills included, so we we kind of know what that is. Versus the, you know, the limited company portfolio is a is a bit more complex in terms of of the bills. So, so for me, it, it would feel, you know, the short answer is we we could we could do that. But because we were looking at selling one of them, it just didn't seem worth you know, spending additional money to do it. 
Yeah. And th- this is very similar to my own thoughts. And because my portfolio is entirely simple by to lets, I don't have utility bills to, to worry about and things like that. It's just maintenance and, and rent management. And hence why I choose to, to do it myself because it's it's very low demand. It's very quick. I use Patma, well, I've used Patma for a long time, but these days I use the open banking integration with Patma as well. So each month, it really is two minutes to, to go in. Most of that time is spent logging in and looking at the stats and thinking, oh, that, that's nice, there's some, there's some income. <laughs> and then you go into the open banking section and it's two clicks per per property, per rent payment, just to, to log it in the system and it's done. And, and that, that's all I need to do. And then obviously occasionally there's a, an expense or whatever that I need to need to put in there as well. And moving into a limited company, I'm still only going to be looking at simple buy-to-lets. So the admin overhead is still going to be very low. So I would, again, expect to probably do the, the sort of bookkeeping side of it myself because it is very straightforward. But the difference is because you have to produce company accounts at the end of it, I'd have to be dealing with a, a different kind of accounting package because Pat Pamera is not really an accounting package in the traditional sense. It's a, a property management system and it has accounts within it, but it doesn't sort of produce limited company accounts and that, that side of things. So I would have to also be running that, that sort of software alongside it. And things like tax categories are going to be different and how you allocate expenses and what is uh, an allowable expense and what is not is obviously different from properties owned in my personal name. So even if I'm doing this bookkeeping role, it's only a few minutes a month. It doesn't seem worth, as you say, outsourcing to a bookkeeper, but there's a whole bunch of different rules I now need to know in order to to understand where and how to allocate all, all the information and all the the, the little bits and pieces that do need to be recorded. But regardless of whether you use a limited company or not, that using a bookkeeper is just a, it's just a choice. Whether you're in a limited company or a personal company, you can choose to use a bookkeeper. It's not a necessary choice you personally need to make around limited company. So what, what do you think is the big preclusion from you to going into a limited company? Well, I'm not sure there is a single big reason. There's lots of little reasons. So the borrowing in a limited company is a little bit more expensive. So there are more fees on mortgages. Uh, Solicitors will charge you a bit more around the process of getting a mortgage and, in fact, uh, the process of buying as well. The interest rates you're likely to pay will probably be a little bit more, depending on what size of portfolio you've you've got in your, your own name there'll be a, a bigger or, or smaller difference in those interest rates. So if you're if it's your first buy to let, the interest rate you can get in your personal name will be a lot lower than the interest rate you would pay in a limited company. But by the time you're you've got four properties or more, you're classed as a portfolio landlord if they're in your own name. And the interest rates that the mortgage companies charge you start to creep up and they're now getting a little bit closer to those limited company rates. So that that's there, there is still a difference though. So that that's a a definite consideration and i would probably do the bookkeeping myself even though i'd have to take on learning some extra for rules and and details there do you like doing bookkeeping no but it's just so simple um, i mean it's, it's two minutes a month 
by the time you've outsourced that and got someone who you can trust and think will do the do a good job you've probably spent a few hours sorting that out and that's a few years worth of the equivalent time of doing it yourself <laughs> so and that's before you start actually paying them to to do the the work so no i don't and indeed for for patma which is a, a business with lots of transactions coming in and out with subscriptions running and expenses and i know all, all sorts of bits and pieces staff and contractors and hosting and whatever else i don't do that bookkeeping myself because that, that takes a lot longer it's a lot more complicated but mostly it's it's just more involved and hence i, I don't do that there, there's a lot of automation in there that i've helped put in place and things so invoices that come in and things are all, all processed and put into the accounting system as as automatically as possible but the actual process of sort of reconciling with bank accounts and things like that i, I don't do that so I think it's a, a degrees. In the same way as you, you said, for your personally owned properties, you choose not to use a bookkeeper because you, you just think it's, it's too small a job. Whereas for your limited company, which is a, a much more complex business, you've got a lot more properties, you've got utility bills, you've got more tenants and, and so on. You do choose to use a bookkeeper because it, it makes a lot more sense to you. Well, I mean, without going down the rabbit hole of this book, of bookkeeping i mean for me bookkeeping sounds too grand on my personal property as in <laughs> not two thousand pounds as in it's too grand as in we might have one or two bills that go against the property two maximum so that is for me is is, is not bookkeeping it's just a it, it's just a, a data entry point yeah know, exactly a, yeah yeah, exactly. And, and that's the kind of bookkeeping that I'm talking about for, for my properties. Because as you say, they're, they're simple by lets. There just isn't much to do. Mm. And, and hence, I don't think it's worth employing someone to, to do that. So more importantly, I think, is, is, is how much money you will make stroke save from moving into a limited company. And the first question there is whether or not you're a higher rate taxpayer, because that would make a difference significant difference if you're a 40 percent plus tax rate payer against a personal property versus a, a limited co yes indeed it does make a huge difference so i mean don't, don't take this as as advice anyone listening please seek proper professional advice do your own calculations but as a general rule of thumb if you're a basic rate taxpayer it will probably work out cheaper for you to buy in your own name once you hit that 40 percent rate and certainly if you're into the 45% rate, sadly, I'm not there yet, but maybe one day. But in the in the 40% rate, you will probably save money by buying in a limited company. But this depends a lot on what you intend to do with your property revenue. If you're planning to take the money out, that's in the profit, out of the limited company, to have as your own funds to then live on or what have you, then it's a bit more complicated. The limited company will pay corporation tax on, on the profit that it makes within itself. But then to get that money out, you'll either have to pay it out as salary, in which case you pay income tax in the normal sort of way, or you'll pay it out as dividends, in which case you pay dividend tax. Again, standard sort of thing, but you're paying a second level of tax as you extract those profits. A typical setup when you create a limited company to buy property is that you will loan 
the initial capital into that company to buy the property or for the deposit of the property. And of course, that means that you can the company can repay you that loan. And because it's a loan repayment, it's not income, so there isn't tax on that. So that complicates things further. But if you exclude that, I, I've put together some, some scenarios for the, the property that I'm, I'm purchasing. And the difference between buying it in my own name as a, as a 40% tax payer and buying it in a limited company is reasonable. So in my own name, after tax for a year's worth of income, and this is allowing for estimated expenses and a little bit of void and, and things like that. In my own name, my my profit after tax would be, I think, about £2,800, something in that region a year. In a limited company, the profit to the limited company, I think, would be about £5,100, something in that region. So you can see straight away there's, there's quite a big difference there. However, if I was then to extract that money from the limited company, and the, these calculations are based on dividends, so I then pay dividend tax again, obviously, in my own name, the, the 2800 is already post all tax, so there's no, no further tax on that, so I get £2,800. But in the limited company, I now have to pay dividend tax. And because I'm 40% tax rate payer, that's higher rate dividend tax. So the actual money that I'd be able to take out of the, the company's dividends, or sorry, the amount of money I would get from those dividends after I paid further tax on them, would only be £3,400. So there's quite a big chunk lost between the profit that the, the company sees and the profit that I would see as an individual. So of course, this then brings up all sorts of questions around, well, am I going to take that money out? Or would I leave it in the company to build up and make further investments? And I'm not quite sure I know the answer to this. <laughs> One of the things we considered talking about today was the income from our property businesses. And I do currently use some of my property income as living income to, to go into the, the pot for my family to put food on the table. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure in the long run, how that's going to work out. In the short term, of course, I'd be loaning money in, so I'd be able to take that loan back out without paying dividend tax. So that changes that calculation as well. So it's, it is not straightforward. And then one of the big things you have to consider, because I'm buying in the Southeast, well, in fact, anywhere really, but it's more so perhaps in the Southeast, is capital gains. So in your own name, currently, of course, this could change again you will pay 28% capital gains tax on rental properties that, that increase in value. And this is, again, the, that's the higher rate. There's a lower rate if you're a lower rate taxpayer. In a limited company, you will pay corporation tax on that gain instead. However, then if you want to extract that money, you have to pay dividend tax, probably, if it comes out as dividends again. So if you wanted that money to come out to you as a as an individual, you, you end up paying that extra chunk of tax. And that that massively changes things. So I, I put in some, I mean, these are pie-in-the-sky numbers, will almost certainly be completely and utterly wrong. But looking at capital gains, comparing between the two, 
by the time you've extracted that money, if you extracted it as dividends, and there, there are other ways to get the money out. Of course, it could be a loan repayment and whatever else. So it might change that. But looking at it as dividend payment, the actual money you'd have after tax with a property that was bought in a personal name, kept for 10 years, prices went up an average of 3% a year, and then sold, the the money you'd end up with after this would be about 89000 in, in this scenario that I was working out. In a limited company, you buy the same property, keep it for 10 years, price goes up the same amount, you sell it, you pay corporation tax, you then extract the money and pay dividend tax. You as an individual, you've only got £61,000. So, I mean, that, that's a huge difference, 90000 to 60000 You've lost an extra 30000 of your capital gains in tax. But this only applies if you take the money out. If you leave it in the business and you're building the business there, then the business pays corporation tax, which is a lower rate than capital gains tax, at least at the moment. And there you'd have 90000 versus 93000 or so. So you, the business would do better out of it if it kept that, that capital gains from selling the property. We're sailing deep into you know tax territory waters, but my my initial thought on that is, I mean, one of the first things you talked about was that the company would give you five thousand plus versus a personal of two six two eight pre. Yeah, so the the profit for in personal name would be about two thousand eight hundred. The profit to the limited company that would be in the limited company. I wouldn't be able to spend it. Because the money's in the limited company still, would be about five thousand one hundred. Yeah, but the point I was going to make was that even though that reduced to three thousand and a bit, it was still more than you were taking out as personal. It is, but only only a small amount more, and it wouldn't take very much movement in interest rates difference between company and personal, or yeah. in tax rule changes to completely obliterate that. But currently, as we sit here today, more in my world still means more. Yes, so, yes. And the other thing I would say is, and again, this all depends on the numbers. And as I, I know that you you will have done these numbers to a, a very meticulous degree. So I'm not I'm not challenging, but just, these are just my thoughts as if I was talking to someone. But again, you, you've talked about the 10-year decrease. And again, like you say, you have to crystallize that through selling a company. I mean, but there's other ways to crystallize the, the funds in a business, you know, whether that's through uh, shares or anything like that. But also over 10 years, what you might have saved in interest payments. So let's just say, for example, you were paying £1,000 a month on mortgage interest. 1,000 times 12 is, is you know, 12,000 times 10 is 120K. So in that period of time, yes, you might not have saved 28K. Sorry, you, you, you might not be as as well off in that scenario, but you may well have saved a lot more money across that 10 years in interest rate relief based on current rules. So it's interesting that you should mention that because I've worked that out as well. <laughs> so allowing for that, so the difference in terms of sort of the 10-year the total that you would get, and again, this is money extracted. So if if you're looking at money that you leave in the company, it's different. But if you extract it, then the difference is still quite big. Personal name, you're looking at 117,000. And limited company, you're looking at 95, well, actually, I'll round up, 96,000. So uh, so there is still quite a big difference. But uh, we have run out of time. 
So rather than Simon and I debating this for another 30 minutes in your ears, please do reach out to us at bizofproperty on Twitter or via thebusinessofproperty.com. Let us know what you think, limited company or personal. We've, we've put our cases forward, hopefully put some ideas in front of you. Let us know what you think would be better and why. Please do reach out to us on those details that I've just mentioned. And we'll speak to you next week.